Sarasar and Mike Gibson coming to you live from TCT 2021. And we're talking about the Intrepid mitral valve today, transcatheter uh, mitral valve replacement by the transfemoral approach using a septal approach. Talk to us a little bit about your 30-day results. Good morning, Mike. It's morning. A, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure yes. to be here in TCT 2021. Yeah, we're very excited to present the 30-day results of the transcatheter transeptal mitral valve replacement with the Intrepid system, the early feasibility trial. What, what we did is we took the first 15 patients who were approved by screening committee, and we followed the results for 30 days. And uh, this is what we are presenting is the clinical, echocardiographic, and quality of life outcome for those patients. Who were these people? I mean, how bad was the MR? What kind of syndrome did they have? So all, all the patients who were enrolled in this study had at least moderate to severe. Most of them had severe uh, mitral regurgitation. They were all symptomatic, with the majority of them has class three and class four heart failure symptoms. Uh, they're elderly patient population with a lot of comorbidities, as you can imagine. And it just so happened in this trial that the majority of them had primary mitral regurgitation, and about a, uh, a third of them has functional mitral regurgitation. Talk to us a little bit about the Intrepid valve. Yeah, so the Intrepid is a, uh, is a conformable outer stent valve that has anchor that does not need to be oriented to the mitral annulus. You just go down on the mitral annulus perpendicular to it, and it has anchor that is, does not capture leaflet, but just, you know, get situated uh, in the mitral annulus. And the inner stent, which is where the valve is, is a, is a, is a 27 millimeter uh, uh, bovine valve. And are there different sizes or just the one size? Depending so currently, the currently there are two sizes that are available, 42 and 48 millimeter. However, there is a larger size at 54 millimeter that is currently under, under study. Yes. And how did, uh, how did patients do? Most, how was the residual MR at the end of the procedure? So the 30-day the residual MR results is fantastic. There's 100% of the patient has mild or trace residual mitral regurgitation, and 100% of the patients has mild or trace perivalvular leak as well. So really, almost complete elimination of mitral regurgitation with no perivalvular leak. Wow, how are they feeling? So the New York Heart Glass Association improvement was overwhelming in the study. It was significant, where the majority of them were class three or four when they entered the study. At 30 days, the majority of them were class one and two. And medication use, were you able to go down and de you know, reduce some of their medicines? So I think this is, I think this is what we are gonna learn as we continue to follow those, those patients. Obviously for the f for first 30 days, Maybe we try to keep the patient not acutely, but okay. I think that this is what uh, longer term follow-up are gonna teach us is whether or not we will be able to go down on, on some of their heart failure medication and what is gonna happen with their ejection fraction, especially that we are avoiding the transapical component of the procedure. Complications, no deaths, no strokes? So at 30 days we had zero death, okay. zero stroke, zero pacemaker implantation. There was few vascular complications as you can imagine in the, in the, in the current system. Most of, most of the bleeding events are related to vascular complications and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I believe that this is a space that we are all learning how to get the patient ready for the procedure 
hoping that the sheath size will get a bit smaller. And maybe we will learn what is the optimal post-op anticoagulation for those patients as well right. to reduce those bleeding complications. So what's the next step? So the next step, I believe, is that, you know, in terms of procedural development, we have to standardize the procedure. I'm very excited about having a larger valve size because some of those patients have a larger annulus and you know the 48 millimeter valve might not be enough. The 54 millimeter valve will right. be able to treat a lot more patients. You know, the, the development of a 29 French system as opposed to the current 35 French system will hopefully decrease the uh, vascular complication that is associated with a larger bore sheath. And you know, and you know, the most exciting news is when this transfemoral axis is going to roll into the Apollo trial, which makes it pivotal, where we are actually testing that device in, and the delivery system in a pivotal trial. Where are we with anticoagulation in the mitral space? Antiplatelet anticoagulation. Yeah, I think that. You know, we're, we're learning. This is this is this is very new. We're trying to explore the you know the options for the patient. A lot of those patients have atrial fibrillation. We're trying to learn from the surgical literature about what is the best way to anticoagulate those patients. However, I'm not sure that they necessarily apply to transcatheter valves. You know, currently we are using an antiplatelet agent as well as most of the time warfarin. However, as we move forward, all of those are going to be challenges. Aspirin needed. Do we need warfarin? Would DOAC work? So you're going to recapitulate them exactly. the Tavar story. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Great. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much, like Mike. a great first step to a long journey. Thanks We're for joining us We're very excited about it. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for joining us here live from TCT 2021.